when in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them under another and to assume among the powers of earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle them a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. And welcome to RSF, the revolutionary sports front, your dirty, nasty, and controversial sports talk podcast for all things Detroit sports and sports worldwide. Here are your hosts, Tony Joey, Frank, and Gerard, four lifelong friends born and raised in South Detroit. Five, four, three, two, one, go. Hell yeah, ladies and gentlemen. This is Joe, and I'm introducing you today on uh, the Revolutionary Sports Front. Frank's out of town, and that's how it goes sometimes. Well, hey, uh, we got a good show for you today, guys. I uh, hope you liked our little patriotic entrance. Jerry, good job there. America. Um, we're going to open up with the obscure sports report. We're going to talk about eating hot dogs. Mm. And then we're going to go to the NHL. Crazy, crazy couple weeks in the NHL. And then we're going to move into some NBA talk along with some NBA contracts versus NFL contracts. Mm-hmm. Boys and girls, this is the revolutionary sports front. I want to introduce today Frank's replacement, Riley Milton. Him and I served together on 1-3 down in Hawaii. Uh, we were rifle platoon commanders together, and then he was the 81 millimeter mortar platoon commander, while I was the heavy guns platoon commander. So we were together for about three years. Uh, great man, he loves his sports, loves NBA. He's gonna have some good insight on that. So Riley, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, yeah, welcome, pleasure Riley. Pleasure to be here. All right, Excited you also serve in the Marine Corps, is what I take it, right? I did, I did. Oh, uh, you're out now. Okay, well, we'd like to thank you for your service and keeping us free on this here Independence Day weekend, fireworks, uh, Budweiser, and hopefully a lot of hot dogs, right? Hmm, just like Peyton said, a lot of Budweiser. <laughs> All right, I like that, I like that. Are you guys ready to get into the OSR, ORS, Obscure Sports Report? Yeah, OSR. You guys ready? We, we, we mentioned hot dogs a million times. Let's get right to it. I want to hear about Chestnut. All right, so I'm the Obscure Sports Report today. We're going to talk about the hot dog eating contest, and we're going to talk about a little cycling since the Tour de France, or the Tour de Panty Line, as I like to call it, started. Mm-hmm. But uh, So we got the hot dog eating contest coming up on Monday. Last, uh, last year, Jody Chestnut didn't put on for his city like he normally does, and he lost after, you know, I don't know how many hot dogs he ate, but I think he lost by about a solid 10. Yeah, I know. He, I remember Double watching digits. it with you last year, and he was, and it was like, oh. He's really falling behind here, and then it was like, oh, when's he going to catch up? When's he going to catch up? And then he just fucking never caught up. All right, so we're going to get to our usual question on the OSR. <laughs> do you guys think it's uh, do you guys think competitive eating is a sport? And uh, before we do that, I'd like to put it out there that Kobayashi was caught doping and kicked out of competitive eating. And I have no idea what drug you take to eat. Doping? You know, I what have no idea, but he was taking something eating? to expand the stomach yeah, or some I, crap. It was something that was supposed to like make it easier for his stomach to expand to hold all the food. There's some science there, people. So, so, so now we got PEDs and competitive eating. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's just, the best thing I've heard all day. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the year he got kicked out, he showed up and was in the crowd. Was, I think that might be the year Chestnut beat his own record. He's eating so many hot dogs. And the guy's taking on a thousand hot dogs on national TV, which is personally a dream of mine. Not fat, not fat at all for a guy who eats a well, shit ton of I hot mean, dogs. I mean, if you want to go out there and Google it, they got sports science on it, how they expand their jaw almost like a snake to get it in there. And then they just chomp it down and they really don't swallow. It's all that liquid that they drink. I personally think they should go liquidless and see what they can eat. Cause you know, when I'm eating a lot of chicken wings, there ain't much H2O going down or lemonade or whatever oh. the hell they use. It's like a saltine cracker eating contest. <laughs> well, Joe, I, I've tried the saltine challenge more times than I'd like to admit, and I haven't even come close once. I've tried it always. One cracker at a time, two, then one, three at a time, one, then two. You can't get three crackers down in 30 seconds. If you do that, I'll give you a $20 bill. Jerry's Jackson secret on desire it. is to be a competitive eater. He just doesn't want to admit Oh, to I'll challenge anybody into an untimed lasagna eating contest at this side of the Mississippi or the other. Your side, too, Joe. Anybody I who s- wants to come up, my mom's lasagna, I guarantee I can eat more pieces of it than you. That's not That ain't I, boasting. That's just true. Your mom's lasagna, huh? Yeah, my mom makes a good lasagna. You got a problem with that, Riley? 
Lipping off for segment. The All right, so let's go rally first since you're our guest. Is competitive eating a sport? I like to think about it like if I was an alien that came to this earth today. I like and this perspective I see a bunch already. of people jumping around trying to get a ball into a basket. Is that any different than a bunch of people trying to shove food down their throat? I wish can I had we really a... do, can we really say that one is better than the other? I I don't know. I wish we had a sound effect for my mind being blown because you just <laughs> you took every word I could ever think about this out of my mouth. That's a great perspective, Riley. I don't know. I Congratulations! Watch, I'm gonna give you a round of applause. Watch the Olympics and you see these people jumping around on boards and they're doing like dances and then they're jumping off of like little trampolines. I mean, what? How can we say what is different? That's, I can't eat that many hot dogs, and I can't. Oh, Joe, we rings. know you like swallowing hot dogs. You the rings, and you cannot jump around on those. Those. I, uh, I just want to know this. I want to know this. Like a sport, you know, you love, right? And it keeps you in good shape, and it's competitive, and it's really the competitiveness that fuels you to win, right? You want to win. You want to be the the greatest and the best. But with hot dog eating, like. You you get you gotta like really love hot dogs, okay? Yeah, well, like you when Riley really and I went over, you really I gotta love do. golf to be Tiger Woods well, th- too. Th- think about this though, like Riley and I when we were in Okinawa, there there was one subway on base, and that's all we ate for dinner every day for six months. And we get back, I, I'm really careful with that you, subway. I'm, I'm just, chair, I really didn't want I mean? subway. When we got back. <laughs> no, no. But these guys are competing in this hot dog eating contest for what ten years now. This Kobayashi guy, like Kobayashi, has been kicked out for a couple of years. I think Chestnut had won seven in a row when he lost last year, going for eight. You know he's training, man. You know he's training. Like the only way to train eating hot dogs is eat more hot dogs. What's you know crazy what I mean? is we care most about eating hot dogs, but they have they'll announce them with their records. Like some people up there, chicken wing eating contest, taco eating, jalapeno pepper eating. There's that girl in Nebraska that ate a seventy-two ounce steak in like two minutes and fifty-four seconds, and most of these people are relatively in good shape. That's yeah. what's crazy about this, because when you don't have a lot of fat there, your stomach can expand more. So back in the day, you watched the hot dog eating contest about 20 years ago. There's a bunch of fat, fat fatties up there. But now they're relatively like normal-looking dudes because with all that fat, their stomach can't expand. Well, I know so, they, were, they were talking about it on ESPN one year, and they were talking about how these guys run like four or five miles every day because then they, you burn all those wasn't. calories. So that way then, since you burned all those calories... Then when you go eat, you can eat a shit ton to replace all those calories. You I'm under the belief that they give it the old two fingers bulimia approach afterwards. So I don't think the whole calorie thing is necessarily as important. But uh, we got Riley's opinion. I'm in uh, agreeance with Riley. It's definitely a sport. I, I'm passionate about it personally. What do you think, Tony and Joe? I, I have one more question. I, I really care not to say whether it's a sport or not. I want to know this. That sounds oh, like a cop out. How do you, let's, how, let's let's identify that right now. So that is a cop from out. Washington. All right, all right. I, I didn't know that we oh were running gosh. for office right now. I would oh. rather hear an opinion. Oh, boy. Okay, here we go. You know what? Now I want to talk about sport. Brexit next? Fine. Fine, it's a sport. Listen. So <laughs> what I want to know, my question is, how do you train? Like, do you get, like, a weighted hot, like, a two-pound hot dog? You know what <laughs> I mean? Do you set them all on a plate? And do you, like, do you practice, like, flinging them over each shoulder to work, like, the biceps and forearms for, for bringing the hot dogs quicker to your face? You no, know what you mean? just like, stuff your fat face. No, I mean, do, do you get bigger hot dogs? That, I mean, the like, training's okay, relatively similar to basketball. Giant hot dogs. Steph Curry that shoots, means I can eat 100 smaller hot dogs, Steph right? Steph Curry goes out and shoots like 1,000 shots a day in the offseason, probably a lot more than that. These guys, they take a day off, maybe two days off, and they go and they eat a bunch so they can expand their stomachs. And my guess is, like I said, they throw it all up, and then they live a normal life. I mean, they have jobs. This doesn't pay that much. But uh, – so they sure. just keep expanding their stomachs to a point, and they just got to work on jaw strength, like mandible on mandible. Just hush, hush, hush. What's, what's the prize? What's the prize? Is it pride? Is it a trophy? You get a belt, dog. I want my belt back. Yeah, you, you get, get the, like the yellow. I mean, I mean, do you, you get, get any cash? You, like, get, the you get, get a cash bonus? I think you get like a hundred grand or something like that for uh, oh, okay. hot dogs. Other ones are probably smaller. I mean, it's about pride, man. You know, I was playing LaBelle in a little 18-hole stroke play today, and we tied in the last holes, like kissing my sister, like I've said before. And, you know, I'm pissed off about it. I ain't a professional golfer, but you play for pride. No matter what, when you're on the court, when you're on the stage, when you're freaking in an ice rink behind your house like Bombay and D2, you're out there for pride and pride only. For the record, everybody, Tony is not Jerry's sister. Thank you. I'm definitely his older brother. <laughs> There's cans on him. I don't know. Tony, what do you think about this? Is it a sport or no? Let's get on to cycling. I mean, I'd say these guys are athletic because they say they work out a bunch, but you're stuffing your fat face at the end of the day. It's not a fucking sport. 
Boom. The truth comes out. I'm a Tony, we're getting radio traffic right now. You're, 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 you're spiking some radio traffic right now. Yeah, I don't, I don't like his response. But So we got four is a sport, three is a sport. Tony's, I don't know what his response was. Let's go on to I'm cycling. I'm a fat kid and I'm saying it's not a sport, okay? Okay, okay. <laughs> Burn. But all right, so now let's move to Tour de France. The Lance Armstrong won seven. They took him from him, even though he's never had a positive drug test. And they haven't uh, given them out to anybody else because everybody think, else was doping. I think we can all agree it's an, a, it's a sport, but can we agree that they got to get some fucking real shorts on these guys? No more spandex. I mean, I don't care, man. I can't. Well, what is it? Far, what's so. it going to give you? Like 0.3 seconds? The people win by five, seven minutes. It's not like it makes a difference. Just got there some freaking Under Armour shorts and a nice T-shirt represent for your country, like a nice American flag outfit. I don't need to see some guy's nutsack up and down the Alpe d'Huez for fucking two hours every day. Jerry, are you telling us that you watch bicycling for two hours? Yeah, what the hell? You know, wrong? I got a lot of time on my hands. I work nights. My dad's into it. They replay it while I'm eating lunch. The Euros are about to be done. Let's let's take a step back. <laughs> hey, let's I watched stage about, one this morning. We, we have these men that are going and bicycling for hundreds of miles in tight-ass shorts, and their balls are hanging out. Only when they crash. And then we have a it. couple guys on a radio watching them. For two hours. Calling them out. For two Who hours. Who is more gross? You know, we might have needed Riley from the beginning. He's kind of the voice of reason on this show. I don't think I'm watching the Tour de France again. <laughs> now, the Giro de Italy, never that's a different again. story. Never going to watch it again. Let's, let's be honest. It's just not smart. I'll admit, I watched this morning mainly for the crash, and there was a huge crash at the end, so I think I won that one. Well, when well, Lance Armstrong... That's a- <laughs> I'm not going to lie. When Lance Armstrong mania was sweeping the nation, I was out every morning hung over 830 on my bicycle doing sit-ups down at Chatham's Hill around these parts thinking I'm Lance Armstrong. So at one point I was actually truly into cycling, but then his and life. And you had the tight-ass shorts on. Oh, no, man. I was riding in some nice Under Armour loose shorts. You did. And some girl saw you and said, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, no, she said, what the hell is going on? Oh, man. <laughs> Look at that ball. Let me get some of that sugar. (laughs) Oh, my God. All Uh, right, so any other comments on cycling? Just wanted to bring it up for the people out there. I mean, it's something to check out. One year, though, with the doping, I think you had to look back 67 spots to find somebody that wasn't a cheater, so it's kind of of hard. (laughs) Well, the funny thing is I was actually listening to the Joe Rogan podcast, and he had Lance Armstrong on, and when he was talking to Lance Armstrong, one of the things Lance Armstrong pointed out is if you go on the Tour de France's official website for the years that he doped, they don't list any winner because of how many other people doped. But every other jersey, like the green jersey for the sprinter, the polka dot jersey for the king of the mountains, they still list the winners, even though those guys well, admitted that's doping all Armstrong's those years. a sore cheater, but if you're not cheating, you're not trying. I live by that. And uh, another thing about this whole... He's a doper who beat a bunch of other dopers. He's the fucking Let's winner. Let's talk about true betrayal, the though. Best Doper. Wow. Tony, let's not. Let's not. We even need, we're not even in NHL yet, man. Don't lose on these goddamn. Okay. Places. Let's talk about one more Sorry. thing, and that's true betrayal. Because George Hincampy was Armstrong's right hand man. They were blood doping together. You want to break down the science real quick? What you do is on an off day, you take red blood cells out, you spin it around, freeze the red blood cells, put the um, put your plasma back in, just like you would do it at like a plasma bank, but in reverse, because normally they put the red cells back in. You save your red cells because they carry oxygen on the hemoglobin. And then right before you race, you put enough in, but the body naturally will kill off red blood cells. They won't make any more if you have too many. So Armstrong had it timed out perfectly where when he got done, he, uh, his red blood cell count would be the same. So it was actually kind of genius scientifically what they did. And what was the drug? EED or something like that? EPO. EPO, what that does, that stimulates red blood cell production. production. Yeah. So while you're training, you can get more red blood cells to take out to freeze, to increase action, which decreases cramping and increases endurance, as you guys know. Well, the, the funny thing with EPO is when EPO first came on the scene. Except we don't blood dope. We know about it, but we don't do it. Well, yeah. I think we've gone far enough to blood doping. The point I was trying to make was George Hincampy started snitching as soon as everybody went down. you got to ride or die with your boy, man. That guy took U.S. Postal. I think they were making like a million dollars a tour, everybody on the team at least. That's $7 million. That's a fucking pretty nice retirement package. And then he's fucking snitching. I don't know about that, man. Where I come from, bitches get stitches or whatever. Snitches get Snitches get stitches. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I meant to say. Maybe, maybe, maybe the bitches get stitches too. It depends on the day, right? <laughs> 
But yeah, I mean, the thing with, the funny the thing with Epo is when that first came on the scene. Tony had to get back to the Epo. Is that all of a sudden a bunch of cyclists died in their sleep and they didn't know why. And it's because they were taking that Epo, so they were building up too much red blood cells and their blood was getting too thick and they were stroking out in their sleep. Well, that's, that's honestly just plain awesome, man. You get caught cheating sometimes. You know, you get caught drafting on the... And then you die. Drafting Joey well, Harrington. But yeah, so the way they countered that was these guys would, like sleep four hours, get up, hop on an exercise bike for two hours, and then go back to sleep for another four, so that way their blood wouldn't get too thick in their sleep. You know, as stimulating as I find this conversation, personally, I don't think our listeners are, and I want to keep them interested, so I suggest we get going to the NHL. How do you guys feel about that out in Washington? Yeah, I agree, but I also want to acknowledge that we just talked about waking up to get the blood thinned, yes. and then we questioned stuffing hot dog hot dogs down the throat. <laughs> I think there's a little bit of weirdness in the beginning of our show here. Yeah, I like it. We like it. It's the obscure sports report. <laughs> it's the obscure. Are we, are we, we're still on OSR. Yeah, oh, this yeah. is the oh, OSR. Oh, got it. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we ended that with the uh, hot dogs. All right, as always, we'll close out with our fallen compadre, Frank, who's not here. At the same time, however, I'm not going to lie, jockeys do creep the hell out of me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. Uh, So I want to talk hockey, boys. Let's get to hockey here. All right, we got to do this in some kind of organized manner, though, because we don't have a show sheet today because of me being on the course. Well, let's start Uh, with the draft. I say we start with Stamkos because he's the biggest name. Well, we got to premise it with what happened in the draft. I mean, that that was awesome. Okay, let's go draft first. Okay, so as, as everybody knows, as we talked on the previous show, uh, Datsuk left, and he left a giant cap hit when he left. Now, what Ken Holland did was he made the 13-year-old GM from Phoenix look like a dumbass by trading a potential, you know, starter, which, I mean, there's a good player available at 16. Let's, let's, let's face it, Detroit's in at 16. They traded back four spots, Received a second round pick and a player to to give up the 16th is overall player pick. Is it that they got any good? He is. He's going to be good. The one that the guy that they got from Arizona. Right. Yes. Let's not interrupt okay. Joe, but um, with the way that Red Wings stash draft picks, we have no idea if any of them are good, and we'll get to that later. But continue, Joey. So, anyways, so they the big thing here is they unloaded Datsuk's contract without giving up any players without really giving up a first-round pick at all. I mean, we moved back four spots. We weren't going to get the top five guys in the draft as it was. And uh, and all we did was move back to the 20th overall pick, which I think we still got a pretty good player. Any, any player past 15 is going to be a project anyways, right? So from there, we move into the next week where we're getting ready for the free agency. And that's where Stamkos comes in. So, Gerard, why don't you take us from there? All right, so when it was out there uh... – Steven Kamkos might have come to Team USA around here, the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, There's a lot of hype on the radio because he wouldn't sign with the Maple Leafs because of uh, he couldn't put all that weight on his back. Buffalo had no real shot. And they suck. And the whole thing was it was $8.5 million from Tampa, and it was $10 million from Detroit a year. So he turned down allegedly $1.5 million. But I actually just started following this kind on Twitter. I can't think of his name. But he's uh, accounting for athletes, and he was talking. They don't have state tax in Florida. Yeah, Florida doesn't right. have state so income tax. Relatively, it's the exact same contract from both, and he chose to stay at home. And I honestly, as much as I want him to come here, I really respect his loyalty, and I think he believes in Steve Eiserman's vision, and I think that's why we should have had Stevie Y here when we had the chance. Yeah, it, Stevie Y is doing an awesome job in Tampa Bay. I, I even wrote down on my little note card here: T- Tampa's killing it right now uh, on, on the on the open season. Um, Headman a potential UFA uh, next year, and they just resigned his ass for eight more years. And then Vasilevsky, the goalie, um, their backup goalie, who's their next starter coming up, he's like their version of Mrazek. Um, he's going to be locked up for three more years, and they're probably going to move Bishop in a giant contract on Bishop out so they can have some cap space to resign, you know, all their other big-name forwards. So Eisenman's working it right now, man, and he's he's got a group. That's, that's a big reason Stamco stayed. I think I think they they feel that they're very close. I think if Stamkos is playing in the playoffs last year, um, they they probably would have won the cup. We gotta admit, there's some comfort in staying where you were drafted, where you're a star. He really likes that team. Yeah, I, I, Toronto. I mean, you just I'm so glad Toronto didn't get anybody. Man, they they think money solves everything. They took our coach from us. Uh, 
I, I hope I hope they just keep going to shit. They got Shanahan too, man. Yep, I know. They uh they've got Lou Lamarillo. They pretty much took success from everywhere except their own uh town or, or anywhere else and uh they're trying to make it work, but I don't think it's gonna happen. Quick so, aside on the whole Toronto thing, there's a really great article in Sports Illustrated last winter about how they have three geniuses there with Shanahan, Babcock, and uh, Lou Almarillo, I think you said his name was. But can three minds know when they're wrong and shut up to listen to the one smart mind? You know what I mean? Because we kind of have that on the show. We're all really intelligent people, but every once in a while we speak over each other and we're just kids on a podcast. You know what I mean? It might get a little dicey up there in Toronto. There can only be one alpha. This is very true. There can only be one. So are with we, uh, under under podcast talking about Highlanders here. Come on, Joe. Hey, with, with restricted free agency, I mean unrestricted free agency here. Um, the Red Wings pick up Franz Nielsen, uh, six-year deal worth five point two five million. Thomas Vanek, a one-year deal worth two point six mil, and Steve Ott to one year eight hundred grand. Um, let, let's just go around the room here real quick. Tony, your thoughts? Uh, the one-year deals. I mean, I really don't care too much about. They didn't pay too much for the guys, and if the guys end up sucking, it's one year. They're out of town next year. The Franz Nielsen deal, that one I did not like at all. Because to me, when you got a guy who's 32, you do not give him a six-year contract. You do not want to see a guy playing at 38 on your team. That's just bad news. What you wanted to do was give him a three, maybe a four-year deal. Because a lot of guys, when they hit about 32, 33, they got one, two good years left in them, and then that's it, and they're done. And then you're sitting there paying them five, this guy $5 million in a season, and he's not going to be doing shit, and he's probably going to be a healthy scratch half the time. And he's going to be turning it into another Stephen Weiss. All right, Tony, I can't believe at your age of 28 I have to drop this knowledge on you, but uh, in free agency, you always overpay for contracts. That's why it sucks to have to go there to find people. And you also always give him then too many years. Then don't fucking sign him. We did the same thing with Miguel Cabrera. He had two years left on his deal. We gave him 10 years. You think he's going to be good when he's 40? No. This is what happens in sports. We needed a big-time goal scorer. And, yeah, he might only give us three good years. But if we win a cup in one of those three years, it's worth it. I think I, I like the Franz Nielsen pickup. I, I like Nielsen. I think he's a really good hockey player. He's not. No one's going to ever be Datsuk. But he's a good skater. He's a real good skater. And he plays two-way hockey. You need a guy like that, and, and he can finish. Um, you need a guy like that in your top two lines, man. Um, I, the other two contracts I really do like. I think they're cheap. They're one year. Vanek has potential to be a, an incredible steal. He's familiar with Nielsen. He's familiar with Torchetti, the new assistant coach. Um, big, big thing with Nielsen, man, I, I agree with Tony to the sense that I think it should have been a four-year contract. I think the money is right uh, because he, he's not making as much as a lot of the other free agents who, who scored about as much as he did, um, you know, he, yeah, expe- but the reason why the money wasn't so. there for him was because of his age. But you don't think the Red Wings tried to get him for four in his agent or his agent was? Oh yeah, I, I, I guarantee they did. People. It's just like I was gonna say though, I, we're they're victims of the the cap era, man. Like every one of these guys, like you, you well, look at look at you look at Brower, look at Brower, and then go back to about 1998. Would Brower make as much as he's making in Calgary back in 1998? No, hell, absolutely no. not. And look, look at McCarty. Look at Darren McCarty. That that guy made probably one point two five million, and I think he's better, way, 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 way better than Matt Martin. Yeah, just with the cap. Matt Martin's up. about to make over three million in the, Toronto. The problem is with cap adjusting and stuff like that. We're so used to the con- seeing contracts, and then the next year the cap's bigger, so every contract then gets bigger, and we're not. We're like, oh my god, this is such a big number. But relative to the cap, they should address percentages of the cap we're paying these people. And I do agree, the Nielsen thing is too many years, but we're going to have to do that no matter what. So we got to get over that. The problem I have with it is uh, as soon as we didn't get Stamkos, every person that I follow about NHL said the wings got to get Nielsen. The wings got to get Nielsen. And it just seems like the easy, smart move. And Holland didn't really make a play to move things. You know what? I wanted more out of Holland. He did what we needed to do, but he didn't do anything spectacular. And And I love the Vanek deal, by the way, Joe. I love Vanek. He's my boy on NHL 2015. He'll be my boy when he's a Red Wing. That's a bomb, but it's only one year we got to deal with him. Brad Richards was I, a bomb when he's I don't here. Mind Ott. I don't mind Ott if he just goes out and plays physical. If he tries to score goals and stuff, just don't do it, man. Fight people, hook people, slash people, you know, check people, you know, talk, talk, talk on the ice. Just piss off other teams, and we're good. My problem you know? with Ott is he's going to be taking the spot of one of these young guys I want to see up there. I want us to go young with some veterans. I want us to have... Well, 
you know, you have 15 so, skaters. You, we need about 10 of them to be young with five veterans or eight and seven. He's just, he's tipping that balance to old people. And we're just going to be the A spot again. I feel like it's the same thing year after year, extend the streak. So we root for the streak. So one thing with that though, we have an access of forwards now, a huge access of forwards and we need defensemen. And I don't think we're done this off season yet. I think, uh, once the smoke clears a little bit, I think the value of some of these defensemen that guys wanted to trade for, um, is going to go down either way. These teams are not going to be able to afford these guys. Um, like, you know, like a Fowler or a Truba out in Winnipeg there. Um, the, the value, the, 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 the exchange is going to go down and yes, we have to give something to get something. But I think, uh, I think Holland is just playing it a little patient here so far. I think he's done well. The, the, the draft kind of set the tone. He did what he could. We, we couldn't get Stamkos. There's no way he resigned before the, 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 you know, unrestricted free agency opened. Um, so they're, they're, I think they're just playing it safe right now. They're, they're playing it cool. Wait for a trade. We're going to open up some space, and then you'll get your Manthas, your Bertuzzi's up in the lineup, and it could be a good time. And I just, you never know. If, if, I, if I gets hurt, maybe Bertuzzi, they don't feel he's ready for the NHL yet. You know, I does one year for cheap. He's out of town. Bertuzzi comes up next year. All right. I mean, okay. I did like the analogy you sent in our group chat this week about how we're pretty much Major League, the movie, great movie starring Charlie Sheen, <laughs> you know? We're kind of like yeah. a band of misfits at this point, like veterans, hopefully mixing in some young people. I just want to see exciting hockey. I don't even care if we don't make the playoffs. I just want it to be exciting, not the same crap we see every year on the ice. It's honestly a bad product, people. I don't so know. You want, you want less to be more? You want less to be more then? No, okay. I, I want I think, us I to be more. This is something we haven't had in a long time, man. We have a tough guy. We have a true tough guy. I mean, yeah, Abby fights, man, but he's, he's just a gritty – Ford out there to protect Zetterberg, and he he does an okay job, but he's no McCarty. Don't, he's no. This is uh, the time to no, get Zetterberg. No. But. He's not a tough guy. He he's out there. He can, does a little bit of everything. He's a, he's a good. All right, he's for, from state. He's tough enough. He's okay. got to fight off the cops. I just want to <laughs> ask Joe a question since Joe's our hockey guy. If you're paying a guy five million dollars a year, how many points do you want to see out of him a season? In today's age, um, on this team, at least twenty five. Points? points? Oh, points. Oh, I thought you, I thought you said goals. Oh, Sorry. we need 25 goals. How many points do you Okay, have? if you want to talk goals. About 60. About 60 points. 60 points. Okay. I agree with that. Talking 25 goals, 60 points. He's got 25 goals once in his career, never hit 60 points. The closest he's come to 60 points is 58, and that was the year he scored 25 oh, goals. Oh, shit. Tony driving some knowledge. Burn. Hey, Boom, man. Batman. Hey, man, that, that was the market. That was the market. This the mark. year. That's think, why I don't like being in this position. I mean, I think we stole him. I don't I think, think it's a, a good steal, deal, though. It's it's what happened with baseball a few years ago, where you have nobody good out there, but people are like, "I gotta sign somebody so I can tell something to my fans." So these GMs are like, "Here, take stupid amounts of money. Here, here's That's, a million dollars." Tony, to I don't you. understand here's how you don't get this. What free you. agency is? You get paid for what you did, not what you're gonna do. This Josh, guy ain't done Josh shit. Norman could be a bum the rest of his career. He just signed a huge ass deal with Washington. All right, but we got friend. Demar Derozan has like the second biggest contract in all of basketball history. We're gonna get to in a minute, and he hasn't done crap. He hasn't won a he hasn't won his YMCA championship yet. You know what I'm saying? He hasn't made it out the East. Yeah, but you're saying we're paying guys for what they've done, but we're paying guys who haven't done shit. We still have Wilson, to pay him. It's not Wilson's our fault. He's a good hockey player. He's consistent, Tony. What what what's the average age of the, the free agents y'all picked up? About thirty two. Old. old. Thirty two. I think they're. I think no, all I, three of them are literally thirty two years old. Like I know it's, it's, Nielsen's thirty two. What's confused? Like, do cities want one championship? Does that matter anymore? One championship. Yeah. Ask. Oh yeah. <laughs> Is that enough? I feel like it's not enough. One championship. Uh, like, Spurs win like. I don't know. Yeah, there's there's dynasties, of, uh, and then there's teams that win a bunch, or there's teams that win one. Because the Kansas it, City Royals just won one. Their fans are going to be happy for the next twenty years. Well, that's Kansas City. You guys are Detroit. We're pretty well, here's what Red Wings fans market. want. We the want Detroit to win a championship Red this year and next year and the year after. If you want six in a row, I you do guys are the Spurs, and you're picking up thirty-two year olds. I mean, I don't know crap about hockey. That's the bottom line. But to me, it sounds like the younger guys are the ones to bet on because you're a team that doesn't care about one championship. You care about three or four or five. Am I off there? 
you're actually you're out you're spot on the the trouble with getting the younger guys is you got to give up half your team to get some yeah because every every other too team much, too much talent right now well with that it's with the with the cap space and that the cap era is like if you with so few good players around uh say like defensemen for example there's probably only like 10 elite defensemen in the league um you got to give up a whole lot to get that one defenseman, and it, it could be a it could be a real challenge mm-hmm. from there. So, yeah. all right. Speaking of defensemen and trades, let's look at this Weber PK Subban deal. That was interesting. I I did not see that. Coming. Isn't that just kind of a lateral move for both teams? Well, PK it's, PK Subban's a younger defender, though. He's a younger player, so you're going to get more of a lifespan. Shea Weber's kind of on the end of his career. It's I an odd move. You, you get different players. You get a, a fast, electric. Um, power play type guy. I mean, Weber plays in the power play too, but Subban, you get a real electric, speedy, uh, offensive-minded defenseman in him. And Weber, you get a big, bruising, uh, heavy shot, um, but more defensive defenseman from, from Weber there. So Who smashed uh, Thunderbird's face into the glass one year? Yeah. and So, I mean, I guess, I guess that's what they want. I mean, sure, that's fine. Uh, you're not going to get the offense you need from it. And they, they overpaid Radulov for a year. After he was playing that that cheapo league in Russia for a while, and he wasn't even well, putting up I that mean, great of points over there. I was just going to say they might have traded for contract reason, but Shea Weber's locked up until 2026 for seven point eight million dollars a year. Seven point nine, really, if you want to round. Yeah, yeah. no. He, Shea Weber was like about to hit free agency, and they signed with that deal. That was that's one of those deals. That, I mean, they were making back in the day when they were signing guys to like, oh, hold on, here you go, here's a ten year deal. So, I mean, Tony, if you think of it this way, we're, we're not the only ones, man. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I agree with you. It's stupid. We're it's not stupid the only we do ones, it. but at the same time, we have more than anybody else, I think. Yeah, yeah. right now we do. Zetterberg, I mean, Ken Hahn's kind of addicted to it. It's his fault. But what I was going to say, if the contract thing made sense, but I just don't – I honestly think this might be racially motivated in Montreal. I'm not afraid to say it. There's a lot of racism towards P.K. Subban happening when they go to Boston, their main rival. It happens when they – play a lot of different people i'm not gonna look around it he's black and like a lot of black black players aren't liked very much and i feel like montreal might be a little racist for making the trade it doesn't make any logical sense it doesn't make any sense at all i, I thought montreal loved suban i thought they really embraced him as a player i, I, might have I know uh, when i said if he's a good locker room guy then it, there's probably some racial undertones if he's bad in the locker room then i get it because some people just don't they'll complain about not getting the puck and you can't have that you have to have a team mentality everywhere. And maybe Shea Weber just is just, I'll shoot slap shots and knock people's face off, and that's what they wanted. Yeah. That's it, the only it, logical It goes with a style change. It goes with a style of play. Um, like I said, Subban's a guy who pushes the puck up the ice, and Weber's kind of like a more of a, a pass-first setup type guy, and then he'll he'll wind up for the shot for the point. He's really good at that. I mean, so is Subban. That, that's one thing they have in common. But Subban's more of a skater, and, and Weber's more of a bruiser. So... Maybe that's what they want. Yeah, that's has Yeah, to be. I mean, you got to kind of wonder what's going on. And also at the same time, as a Wings fan, I sit here and I go, why couldn't we have maybe traded Cronwall for Subban then? That's not the same level of player. Uh, yeah, Weber's a little bit better right a now. A little bit? Like a lot better right now. <laughs> it's not even close, dude. They... I love Cronwall, and he hasn't Cronwall somebody in years, but he couldn't hold Shea Weber's jackstrap, stick, or knee pads. You would have had to go five years back for that. I mean, it's just we don't we don't have anyone to trade for someone like that. Now, if you want to go after a Fowler, then I say we move Nyquist for Fowler. I, I think we could do a one-for-one swap like that. Yeah, I, would, I would love that. The, the issue with I, that I would dig it. is that they're saying that now uh, Fowler's <laughs> off the market and they don't want to trade him anymore. So yeah, that's well. So they couldn't get a top five pick for him. That's industry speak for uh, we want more. Well, yeah, I know well, that's that industry too. speak for we want more. But at one point, does it not become worth it for the wings? Are you saying we ship a Mantha for Fowler? Is that worth it for them? Them? No, I don't think that's worth it for them. I mean, if you're talking a top two defenseman for the next ten years. And we have some other forwards in the system, Sveshnikov, Ethanasiu, Larkin. Honestly, Truba, Truba's about the same age as Mantha. If you want to do a for one for one swap like that, I'll take Jacob Truba for Mantha. Franchise defenseman. We already have our franchise forward in Larkin, and Ethanasiu is up and coming. 
and then Sveshnikov is on the, is on the right track too. So if you if you want to go that route, um, I, I would trade Mantha for Truba. Okay, I mean, if that, I was just asking, you know, because Joe, you're the hockey guy, so maybe what's worth it to you because you're the one who would probably know which guy has the be- best upside and which one's going to work out the best long term for the Wings here. I mean, to me, Truba's got three or four years in the league already, and he's a highly, highly sought after defenseman right now. Mantha, he's he's been around for a couple years now, and he still really hasn't fully broken into the league. So, yeah. you know, you, you get you get a young, hot defenseman who's going to be good for ten more years, whereas Mantha, we we still really don't know. I we, criticize we the Red Wings for not playing their young players, but keeping them down there creates that air of mystique where they're still worth something. The way we did with a lot of players in the Tigers farm system, basically yeah. the same management with the Illiches. You keep the guys down there and, oh, they're so good. They're so good. They're so good. When really you see your scouts and know they're not, then you can trade them for something like how we got Cabrera or how we got Scherzer, stuff like that. And uh, Yeah. It's, where, yeah, where you do, what I'm saying is where they tear up you the weaker put, competition. There's only so much, so many skaters on the ice at a time. We can move a bunch of these forwards now, which I do like with signing these older guys, Joe, and that will help us moving forward. Honestly, I think, but we have to. Move, if we don't move, it sets us up to get rid of Nyquist or Tatar for a defenseman. I say we go Nyquist, Yurko for Fowler would be great. That that is what I've been thinking of for like maybe the last even throwing Sheehan if they want him. I don't. If we got to unload some yeah. of these guys that aren't playing, I, you know what I mean? The other thing is teams might not want them. It's easy for us to say this is what they should do, but I think if the Wings are in a situation where it's Nyquist and another young guy, anybody but maybe A squared, you got to do it. And yeah. obviously not Larkin. Larkin's untouchable. It's just ridiculous for anybody to ask for him. Larkin's yeah, the fastest guy in the NHL, fastest guy ever. We got to take him, keep him, love him, yeah, skate him. And I like keeping help. We have the three fastest forwards in the league, by the way. Uh, we got a good deal with him. Isn't it five years, like $20 million? That ain't, I mean, those are pennies on the dollar. For... He, he's making he's making less than $4 million. Yeah, so. Yeah. I mean, it's still, I mean, yeah, he had offers from more out there, but at the same time, it kind of becomes one of those, well, maybe. Who the hell offered him more? He can't shoot. Philadelphia. I, that's what I'm saying is maybe you get somebody to take him off your hands and then they're sinking a bunch of money into a guy so they can't actually get somebody good, and you sign that better player. Tony, that's in a world – what? Okay, so they signed Helms, so then Stamkos magically comes here. Besides, I'm not saying besides that, Besides Stamkos, there wasn't a free agent out there worth crap. The fact that P.K. Subban was on the block, we probably just didn't have enough to offer. It probably was literally like you had to give us Larkin. You it's know probably I mean? like Larkin, Mantha, uh, your parking lot um, – Half a village's cars at home and free pizza for life. Yeah, free pizza for life. Yeah, Weber, you know what? Give give us Mrazic too. They're for five dollars. I might as well give them some free pizza for life in the deal. Yeah, Speaking of we, Little Caesars, if you're listening to this, Mister Illich, around me they canceled that deep dish deep dish stuffed crust pizza, and I'm truly depressed. All right, that is the best pizza I've had from Little Caesars ever, and I think you should bring it back. <laughs> I'm just saying, out here in Washington, we don't have too many of those, so I'm, I'm missing out on my hot and sweaties. Burn, but, uh, <laughs> all right. Let's uh, let's move on from the NHL here. This is gonna be ongoing all summer. Um, hopefully we make a trade so we have we can we can get back to this next week. I know Frank has some things to talk about. I want to get to the NBA, and I know Riley has some things to say about the NBA here. Uh, he's a big basketball guy. Um, that, that's all he do on his free time is, is play basketball <laughs> with our boy Rob Hain. Um, so let's uh let's talk about Game Seven here. I think uh, I think we finished our last podcast huh. right before mm-hmm. the end of Game Hurts Seven. Too big. Big. Well, no game we'll start seven. there. The Warriors blew it. They didn't run a play with three minutes left to go. Not one time. They just jacked shots, and Andre Iguodala's got to dunk that. It's that simple. Did anyone have a good play in the last three minutes? Uh, st- letting Kyrie get to his spot was a really good play for the Cavaliers. <laughs> Out, no, the Cleveland doesn't run plays, though. Steve Kerr is totally to blame for that loss. Like Obviously, Steph missed some shots down the stretch. LeBron had the block, but... Maybe it's because I watch a lot of college basketball, but in those situations, you come down when there's 130 left and you know you have about two possessions, maybe three good ones. You call a timeout and you run some kind of motion. You don't throw the ball out of bounds, jack a wild three. And I know that's what I, people keep saying that's what Golden State does, but they run a lot of sick plays just like this first. Greg Popovich would have drawn up something that would have landed Draymond Green with a wide open layup or a kick to Clay Thompson. And Steve Kerr just. You can't throw out that name like there and not get me, get me fired up. Who? Old Greg. Oh, Greg Popovich uh, is the best basketball no, coach, in my I, I opinion, think that ever. You're lived. absolutely right. I think that uh, in the last three minutes, you kind of saw what was the problem with the NBA versus college basketball. 
Um, That's a very good you, point, Riley. And it's you nice kinda, to have you, you kind of just see where the NBA is a little bit lacking in compared to players that are coming out of high school and they got coaches that are in their ass about the details. Um, and, and like little things, like LeBron driving to the hole, jumping, leaving his feet before he passes. I mean, that would never happen in college basketball. And if it did, the guy would get benched. It's little things like that. I think that's a good point. Like the last three well, minutes, Riley, and I think three minutes fan. is I like, like getting down on this person. This is a well, good topic. The stuff they do in the NBA is ridiculous. How they're allowed to travel. Like, right. there's no well, charging. Well, you're LeBron James, you can do whatever the fuck you want because you already are your own coach. And you're basically playing GM too when you go out on Instagram every day. Sign this dude. Sign that dude. Otherwise, I might not come back since I already opted out of my deal. And I'm just going to sit here. Wait for you to pay my boys a bunch of money and then pay me a bunch of and money. And can we also talk? Can we also mention how LeBron he did block Iguodala and I give him all credit for that, but he deferred to Kyrie Irving. That's Kyrie's title, and LeBron James walking around that trophy like it's his own child, and that's messed up. And wait, 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 Cleveland. Did you just say that? Did you just say that LeBron did not earn that title? No, Kyrie won him that title. LeBron earned it. Don't get me wrong; he put in the okay. blood, sweat, and tears. He earned it, but who won him that title? Kyrie motherfucking Irving, who's always had no, a sick that, step back. Always. That's an interesting point because you you look at uh, the last two weeks before Game 7, and you heard discussion about LeBron being dethroned, Steph Curry's the future. Oh, Steph Curry's the future. you fast forward, and it came down to a play that had nothing to do with LeBron – if Kyrie misses that and, you know, things happen here and there and the Warriors win that game, LeBron is the worst player ever. He's the biggest choke artist. And, I mean, it's interesting to think about, like you're saying, that Kyrie did save that game, but LeBron did set them up for success. Yeah, uh, that's no a very good point. That. But I'm saying in the in the clutch time, what what's firing up my goat here is uh, burning my britches is that everybody's now saying LeBron is no doubt better than Kobe Bryant because he came back from down 3-1. And all this crap about how like Kobe didn't do without Shaq besides twice. In that moment, if you're going to take one player, it's going to be Jordan. Number two, it's going to be my boy Kobe. Number three, you got to go uh. Magic Johnson dishing it to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and then Larry Legend after that. I don't need, like, who, if you want somebody to take the last second shot, anybody can make a pass. And I'd also like to say that Harrison Barnes also lost in that by still jacking up shots even though he was a brick squad. He needed to learn his role and pass it, make people close out on him, step in, get a nice pass underneath. But I just don't... LeBron pissed me off afterwards. He wore that stupid frog hat, Kermit the Frog hat, like I'm sipping my team, I told you. Motherfucker, you were projected to win the goddamn title. You did what you were supposed to do. It was... Uh, the vote was, was he? The, the he vote was projected no the, way. The vote was fifty-one forty-nine. Yeah, that. okay. So yeah, when they were down three-one, everybody was crucifying him. But that's how the media is. The media crucified Steph Curry when they were down three-one to OKC. Come back they down three-one. Crucify 3-1. anyone. They, that's how they get. Yeah, this. I hate off. that. I hate how they just. Speaking of Harrison Barnes, though, uh, it's joke. I'm gonna get it out. I'm on the middle of roll here. Sorry, I just want to say. <laughs> He's expected to sign a max offer sheet with the Dallas Mavericks. Good. Wow. Get him the fuck out of my Golden State Warriors. But, uh. Can't make a shot. About to get a max no. deal. No. He, then he posted that long thing like, oh, y'all doubted me. Ain't nobody doubted LeBron James since you had St. Vincent St. Mary's all those years ago. And I will give him all the credit for getting that bum team with Algauskas and Mo Williams to the finals and getting swept by the Spurs. That's one of the greatest. That's a greater feat than what he did this year in basketball. He has Love, who's a top. Well, not anymore, but he was a top 20 player. I. Kyrie Irving's top 10. He has all the defenders around. Tristan Thompson's an amazing offensive rebounder. He got Draymond Green suspended for game five, which I contend they would have won in five if that wouldn't have happened. And it's just like he's acting like nobody thought he was going to do it when half, literally half the population thought he was. That's ridiculous. That's a coin flip. Well, I, 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 love, I love getting fired up, and I love the uh, – the the feeling that LeBron is not MJ, he's not Kobe, Kobe. But to me, it, I don't think you would have seen Kobe pull the shit that LeBron pulled in these finals. Like what was most impressive to me wasn't LeBron's game. Clearly, in the last three games, he blew out the top twenty players of all time. But what was most impressive 
He got in motherfuckers' heads. And he did it like no one else I've ever seen. He was like a tick. Like no, a tick in your Reggie back. Miller you can't down the whole Knicks head. Jordan was in it. No, no, I cannot accept that. Went I down. He looked around and he said to himself, he said, how do I win these finals? I'm going to step over this dude. He's going to lose his shit. And I'm going to win the next game. You're going to lose your shit the guy sticks his balls himself. in your face? Yeah. Exactly. No, the, no, that's, that's not even the reason why LeBron game. was bitching about that foul is because Draymond called him a bitch. And anybody who can read lips, he called him a bitch twice. And LeBron is bitch made. You can hear that here. He whooped the shit out of me. I agree with that because he's stronger than me. But if you're talking about mental toughness, who's going to last longer in a fucking desert with one bag of water? LeBron's definitely dying before me. All right. He's playing a game. Yeah, but okay. You want to. He's playing with you. He's playing with you, your Golden State little. Your little okay, fan who, that thinks that Draymond's whose some face did right, first of all, in. I met Draymond. Draymond did not get in Draymond's face. LeBron like, got in Steph Curry's face because like Steph Curry's smaller than him. Because like LeBron's a bitch Steph. and knows Draymond Steph. Green with kids. When Steph Curry was talking to the refs in Game Four, LeBron James took it upon himself to walk all the way across the court so he could hear the conversation. LeBron James cries more than anybody else in the NBA. That's good. I know there's probably more crybabies I can't mention right now, but that's just. Dude, Draymond but called him a bitch. Okay, you know, what happened to LeBron the last Steph couple Murphy minutes of fucking game four? Le- Draymond had a steal on LeBron, a block on LeBron, and made a bucket on LeBron all in the last minutes of game four. And he was carrying the Warriors the first half. It's not my fault Steph Curry didn't step up. And Draymond Green is my boy. I went to Michigan State with him for four years, rooting for all those Final Four teams. And he was a man back then, too. He can do it all. There's one thing I heard there. I heard Steph Curry did not step up. Why oh, is yeah. that? That's, uh, LeBron was in his head. That that could be true. End of but story. Don't tell me LeBron got that, Draymond's head. He had a head growing out of his elbow. Head. That was the best part of his game. He's not the best player ever, but he won these finals by getting in players' heads. They hate him, That's and a good he point. he took advantage of that. I mean, he's is in my head now with that stupid ass frog hat sipping the tea. Hey, LeBron, <laughs> I bet I bet you Jason Terry's got one of them frog hats too from that final four years ago. You think we forgot about that? Jason Terry's my height and my weight, but just ripped, and he locked him up for six games. <laughs> what I about that? The Dallas Mavericks, Tyson Chandler's, J.J. Barea is literally shorter than me and may have the same amount of speed as me. Way better shooter. I'll give him that. No problem checking hey, LeBron. Hey, for all the viewers out there, they might think that you're like 6'6 and jacked. No one has any idea. Oh, I'm 5'11 and uh, slightly pudgy. <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's what I'll say, though, for all the Golden State fans. First, you got a bright future. I am you, sick you, and tired of hearing how Steph Curry is the biggest choke artist. That is a joke. Like, it is either, there's no medium. It's like LeBron was the biggest choke artist. Three days you, later, Riley. he's the greatest Thank player you. ever. And it, it, it gets a little ridiculous, but I, what I will say for Golden State fans is those fans, I mean, you can't see the whole stadium, but there was a significant amount of, of, of fans that stayed back and congratulated the Cavaliers, which I don't think you'd see in other places. They do have a, they had a good fan base. They talk about that all the time, a little bit too much. You know how the media blows out storylines, but... uh. Oracle's been rocking, you know, since back in the day with Baron Davis and Jason Richardson. They don't they just love their team. No, I agree. I I also think they're really that, good fans. They're almost like college fans, because even out of Michigan State down here, we get that Izzo pumping. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I think they are good fans. I think that Draymond, no matter how many uh testicles he wants to slap, he showed his true colors in the end and he shook LeBron's hand. And then same with Steph. Steph wanted to stay back. I think that he didn't want to necessarily go through the crowds, but he was trying to talk to Kyrie, telling him what's up. Yeah, those Clay, are good points, right? Clay was a little bit butthurt, probably because he called LeBron a baby. But, uh, you know, I think that the whole team and the fans uh, showed true colors that maybe in, oh, uh, in a different show scenario, the Cavs might have not done up. the same thing. Yeah, I mean... It was a nice. What I think we're also missing here, and trying to crucify somebody every week in the media like they do now, with mm-hmm. the, uh, I think we're missing. We could be looking at a Lakers, uh, Celtics type deal from the '80s, and that would bring basketball back if they started calling the fouls the way they should, and that would be great for me as a person, so I could watch the regular season because they don't play defense in the regular season. But yeah, no, I agree. Lakers, I Celtics of the '80s. I watch those replays the all the time. Back, back to back to back to back to back. Watch them play every year. That'd be awesome. 
Yeah, the next four years, they split all of them. We have a rubber match in five, and LeBron's finally done. Stop, like, they had to bust up the Golden State team. It'd be nice to have some kind of rivalry back like they had bad boys yeah. Lakers. You know what I mean? Bulls, bad boys. There was a rivalry. As long as Kevin Durant is not on the Warriors. Oh, he's not going to be a Warrior. He's going to go back to OKC. I've seen the, the – I agree. I the money breakdown for that, too, with because of the 13% state tax in uh, California, the least amount of money he would take is Golden State, then Clippers – then OKC, and then uh, maybe a Texas team. The Spurs would be the most money he can make. Oh, some Texas team. I don't know. The Spurs. Yeah, it's not my fault. There's three of them. Well, Texas doesn't have a state income tax, so. I don't know. You guys are getting in a sales tax. I don't even know what that is in my own state, so it's. (laughs) You know what? Until until a couple days ago, I didn't know either, but I saw a breakdown of it. It's 13% in California. I think we have a 4.7 in Michigan. Washington actually has no state tax, I believe. That's why we need to bring back the Sonics, baby. I'm all for that, personally. I think that may could use a 30-13. Oklahoma City? Have you been there? Yeah, you know the guy who's going to get crucified, or I keep saying crucified, the guy who's going to get laid out on the stake for that one for uh, illegally bribing people to bring him there, killed himself, I'm doing the quotation marks, by driving into an overpass as he was leaving his fucking parole hearing or bond Your hearing. Lord. And, like, there was no sign of him breaking, so they say it was suicide, but I'm pretty sure they cut his brakes because he was about to snitch on everybody. You know what I'm talking about? Like I that hope person that we gonna... save that, that last 10 seconds for some sort of, like, soundbite because <laughs> that could get real. And then uh, you also – it's almost the real. same thing as uh, that person who's going to testify against Hillary where a barbell collapsed his throat. If you're buying that, people, <laughs> if you think that that – you think a grown man can't roll? I've, I haven't been able to bench. I've been benching by myself, and I'm standing here just fine. For a barbell to go in your throat, have you never seen a movie? That's like the most comic villain way to do it. It makes no sense. Yeah, every grown man has choked on the bench and found their way off safely. I mean, right, yeah. Joe? I mean, you, you're into the weightlifting. Well, well, I mean, except for that running back from USC. He's the one idiot who couldn't figure it out. But Yeah, he's uh, alive, though, ain't he, Joe? I don't think he can talk anymore, but I know Pete Carroll still loves him. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's real simple, man. If you just gotta roll out, you pretty much just kind of roll the bar down. It doesn't feel good. It goes over your ribs and your stomach, and you kind of just sit up and let it roll down your thighs onto the bench, and then you kind of walk away like no one ever saw it. And if you have never done it, then you shouldn't be listening to this. <laughs> and that's a fact. It's usually after that day where you realize, like, no matter what the weight is, even if it's just the bar, you just just have somebody just say, like, hey, man, I need a spot. I think uh, it's that day you realize no matter my, what the weight form, is, you're going to be all right. <laughs> oh, shit, I can't lift it. Just roll, roll, roll. <laughs> I know it's a broomstick, man. I, I'm working on form today, you know. Just, can, you, can you watch the form? I'm, uh, yeah, just just like two reps. That's all. I mean, I'm not hey, sure about I've your bench press. Who that's all I can do. I mean, that, I mean that's before. all I'm going to do. Not going to say any names because I don't know if they listen since they are kids we went to high school with, but I have seen people not able to bench a 45 pound. Yeah, I remember before. getting ripped on for barely being able to get 95, and now look at me. Talking about Kevin Durant? Oh, Kevin Durant couldn't get oh, 95. Yeah, couldn't he not, not bench at the combine? Yeah, the NBA I mean, combine? yeah, but that's like 225. We're, we're not talking about the bench pressing rabbit. Like, no, no, no. 185. Dude, it's, it was it's not 185. Yeah, it's 185, but when your arms are longer, it's way harder. I mean, if you want to do a weightlifting OSR, we can get into it, but let's get back to basketball, people, all right? Yeah. <laughs> weightlifting OSR next week. All right. <laughs> we'll break down NBA free agency next week, too, when uh, all the cookies have crumbled. I know we got a lot of signings, like John Lewis to the Pistons, stuff like that, but we're just going to move past that right now until Kev- yeah. pretty much until Kevin Durant falls into a place, if that makes sense. So then we can see where all the chips, because he's going to be the last well, yeah, down of the fall. I mean, right now there's a lot of guys talking about – there's some guys who've already gotten max deals, and there's a bunch of other guys who are probably going to get max deals in the next few days. So next few days are going to probably be pretty interesting. I know the NHL with their free agency, they like broke a record for the most money uh, in contracts on the first day ever, which – the That's amount of money that they got yeah, but to you, contracts on the first day see, this year. See, I hate records like that, Tony. You're year. a smart person. They have more money to offer now. You got to look at percentage of salary, salary cap money spent on the first day. You know, if salary cap goes up to $200 million next year, the first day you're going to have somebody offering a $50 million contract. Biggest contract ever. It's got to be based on percentages or averages, means, medians, modes, something like that. Any other thoughts? Any Riley? Any other points on basketball you want to bring up before we move on to the NBA versus NFL salaries? No, I'm good. I'm good. I liked your comments on basketball. I think you're really knowledgeable on the subject, and I hope you come back next year for the finals, or anytime you want to. Anytime you're in Seattle. But uh, let's move on to this. 
So NFL players, I'm not going to read any of them and give them credit for this, but they were all tweeting about, man, I got to play for the NBA. Man, I got to sign my kid up for the NBA. What they don't, I don't know if they just never learned math when they were in college. We know they have to go for three years or they just didn't pay attention. The NBA salary cap just moved up to $94 million. That's why these guys keep signing one-year deals with the second-year player option. So if the salary cap doesn't move, they can just sign it, keep their max deal, and move on. So we got $94 million for 12 people. You guys following? 94 divided by 12? I think there's 14 on a team. They expanded the rosters a couple years ago to 14. Okay, so 14. So I'm do- my math by 12. I'm not going to redo it. Okay, so you have 94 players, or $94 million divided by 12 gets you $7.8 million per player. In the NFL, it's 155 for 53. That brings you to 3.4 per player. So right away, or 2.9 per player, I'm sorry. So right away, you have a $5 million difference off the hop, or 4.9, that you can pay every player more. And in the NBA, not only that, the way their uh, CBA is structured, a max deal, which they don't have in the NFL, is a third of the total budget. So that's why you have three max deals, because a third, a third, a third. So... If the NFL had that, whoever got your max deal would get $50 million of your entire salary cap. That's obviously ridiculous, but it's what I'm The point I'm trying to I make mean, is it's in NFL, the NFL. You still see guys, though, who take up. You'll see like three players who account for like 90% of a team salary cap. I kind of ramble those numbers, but the point I'm trying to make is NFL players need to be smarter, number one, and realize that there's just more money per player, $5 million per player in the NBA. And it's also their fault for negotiating a bad CBA. Their salary cap, if it was equal, 53 times. Seven off my head. We've got $350 million in salary cap money, which isn't all that ridiculous NFL since it's how it's a $12 billion industry, which roughly breaks down to about $300 million per team. Yeah, but a lot of that money is going to the league. We're also, with basketball, you are playing more games. So I was you just think about of, to say that. So that's one of those things Yeah, where, but tickets for, you have, 60, you have three times as many people in every stadium, so that makes 16 games or eight games. That makes 24 home games versus 41, so you're almost close there. And sometimes you have five, so you're close to the same number of fans, and tickets are way more expensive for the NFL than that. You can get Pistons tickets for $5. You cannot get Alliance tickets for $5. And there's more seats in Ford Field than there is. tickets? People buy those? Yeah, surprisingly, idiots. Yeah, even though they keep jacking up the season ticket prices. What, what I'm saying fuck? is I don't want to hear complaints when you're Can't making millions game, of dollars. But we're going to make don't. you pay more. The other thing that... Hey, they got Bob Quinn. The other thing, a point I want to make is in the NBA, if you sign a veteran's minimum or the minimum salary before you're a veteran, it doesn't count against the salary cap. So that's how these teams operate when they have all these rookies and three max deals. So these guys are on the rookie contract, which doesn't necessarily count against it. You have to take a couple million out of one of the max deals. And that's how they make it work. Like uh, David West went to San Antonio for a max deal. He was offered $10 million and took $1 million instead. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't there also a thing with uh, in the NBA – you can go over the salary cap if you're re-signing your own player. Yeah, so, luxury tax. Yeah, and then you just pay the luxury tax. So teams, what they'll do is like their players will be like, oh, hey, I'm not going to sign right away. I'm going to wait and see who you sign. And then they can sign a bunch of other guys and take up a huge chunk of the salary they, cap. But then they can go over to re-sign their own player. Because the luxury tax, you pay 1.7 on the contract. So you pretty much play double the contract to the NBA, so teams really haven't gone under a salary cap since. What I'm saying is the CBA for the NBA is way more worked out for the players. And the NFL, the other thing in the NFL is if you sign a minimum deal, it still counts against the contract. I think it's $375,000 a year. but uh, And then it goes up every year in the league. But um, half the guys on an NFL team, about 20 of them, I wouldn't say half, 20 guys on an NFL team are just hitters that run out there on kickoffs. And you yeah. can find anybody out of college that can do that relatively well because most teams don't have good returners. There's an awful lot of guys in the NFL that probably like to make around the league minimum. Yeah, there, there's a lot. They call it not for long for a reason. The average length in is three years. And like well, all these guys saying, like, man, I should have played basketball. Most of them aren't tall enough. People don't realize how tall basketball players are. I've seen football players and basketball players next to each other in person. And everybody else has. Siren, Jerry. But it's just ridiculous. Did you just siren yourself? I had to, man. I didn't want to say it like that, but I saw Jarrell Worthy in real life, and he's fucking huge. Then I saw Draymond Green, and he made Jarrell Worthy look small. They're yeah. both relatively good basketball players and football players at the time at State, and it's just, you can't do it, and I think the NBA should shut up. You know who else thinks should shut up? Was the NBA, uh, NWSL, National Women's Soccer League. They were saying, you guys want to see a joke of a contract? Look at ours, because they're making like thirty five, forty thousand dollars $40,000 a year. Well, well if you yeah. can't put fans in the stands, you, you don't turn where you get pro- the money? You don't turn a profit, okay? NFL players turn a $12 billion profit. It's one of the best industries in all of America. 
It's ridiculous. I don't get why people chime in on stuff that there are. These people should be smart enough to know, to know that they shouldn't chime in. And that's or the they basic should have point. an agent that's smart enough to tell them, you know, with like crayons and a and a whiteboard or something, you know. All right. I mean, sorry. Like, look at NFL big circle. I went on a women's soccer tiny dot. More money in that inside the big circle. (laughs) Jesus Christ, Joe. More, more people like that. I'm also sick of hearing about. If I'm talking, I'm gonna keep this rant going. I just heard a commercial on the radio, and this this little girl talking. She's like, the boys in geometry class made fun of me. They said girls can't do math. I've been in all kinds of math classes my entire life, all the way up to Cal Those were the best ones. I've never once heard one guy say, man, girls can't do math. I don't know where the hell the stereotype's coming from. Maybe the South, mid, I don't know. I live in the bourbon belt, and I never heard it once. Girls are always great at school. I copied their homework the all the time. Belt, I know I don't live in the bourbon belt. I just like alliteration. I just, I just don't get how that's commercial. I don't, I don't get it, but that's my own two cents for the week. I just had to let our 50 to 1,000 listeners know. <laughs> hey, girls mature faster than boys. It's science. That means they're more mature and they do their homework. How do you think I got through high school? <laughs> I mean, come on. Not a lot of help for Stupid me. Stupid commercial. Stupid commercial. All right. And hey. Who wants to go to Rio? Zika, anyone? Zika virus? Okay. Uh, yeah, oh, oh, we'll break down the Olympics next week. We're going to do Olympics, maybe weightlifting for our OSR, uh, NBA free agency, any moves in the NHL. Maybe Tony's going to talk about soccer again. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Euros will be over by then. Yeah, Italy did. Uh, Germany. Oh, today got... was a good game. Germany and uh, Italy in that shootout. I know, my that home country. Cool. The homeland. The mother Russia beat us. Hmm. The Germans are coming. The Germans oh, are coming. They lost to Iceland. Oh, yeah. Fuck ah, you, Iceland, baby. And Wales. The Welsh. The Red Dragons. Oh, man. Oh, we'll break. We well, wish we had more time today to break down the Euros because that's actually some pretty gosh darn good soccer. But and really funny things are happening. Uh, I'm rooting for Iceland tomorrow against France. Tony. Iceland. Icicles. Dude, I hate the French national team anytime I watch them. Seriously, they're, dude, almost, the, the, they're dude, almost as bad. You know as what? You're gonna appreciate this. Show. I read somewhere. I'm not sure if it's true, but uh, Iceland's coach is a part-time dentist, just like Stan, the wolf dentist from uh, D2. It's, it's just like, oh, it's dude, like, Twitter was filled with D2 memes and gifts after the fucking uh, Iceland victory. That was awesome. He's like, he's, he's like fancy. Like He'll go glove side. Some, some Thor-looking <laughs> dude walks in. He's like, we need a coach. <laughs> All right, yeah, be right there, man. Cool. <laughs> All right, they go, uh, they go to play England. They're not even phased. It's like oh, I don't know. Just kick that ball in the net. Like how hard could it be? Shit. It's actually extremely difficult. Yeah. That's the other thing people don't when they call soccer boring because of the one-one games on the on the international level, which is what most people watch. World Cup. Those are all-star teams. That'd be like the NFL's best. That's literally like the Pro Bowl, but you're allowed to play defense. Like you're allowed to lay people the fuck out, and. uh <laughs> So when you watch actual like BPL, EPL soccer, games will be 5-1, 5-2. They'll be exciting. Goals will happen out of nowhere. But then you get these teams that are literally the 11 best players from a nation that have just been playing soccer their whole life, and they just, they're playing the other best 11. So they're really low scoring, and you got to appreciate the game, which some people on this podcast, Frank, doesn't. Hey, hey I, I know how Iceland did it. They, they watched Braveheart and thought it was like a documentary or something. Braveheart's for Scotland. Like, oh, the English are still doing that? Oh, we got to go kick their asses, man. All right, uh, I think that might be it. That's a weird ending. We had a lot of momentum yeah, there, mean, but I don't got anything else left. Any are we going to talk UFC 200? That's coming up Rally, next weekend. Rally, any, any closing remarks? We now? talked UFC 200 when you were in here, Tony, so we're going to uh, really recap it. You talked like 199 a little bit. All right, let's go for our predictions for the title fights. Tony, what are the title fights? Give them to us. We'll give you our predictions. Uh, women's title One fight. One at a time. Women's title fight for 135. Wait a second. I'm going to play your sound bite. Oh, my God. All right, well, we all are bowing at you now, Tony. So. <laughs> All right, women's title fight, go. It's Misha Tate, Amanda Nunez. I got Tate. Krasik? Tater. Is Riley still there? No idea. Tate. Tony? I'm I'm also going with Misha Tate. Okay, four on Tate. Uh, What's uh, John Jones Cormier? I got uh, John's Bones Jones. I hate DC. Tony? John's Bones Jones. There's Krasik's right there. Tim Duncan. All right. (laughs) He probably has a shot. Tony? I'm going Jones. He's already beat Cormier once. Smart pick. What's the other title fight? Uh, the other title fight is the interim 145 title. That's Jose Aldo 
and Frankie Edgar. All right, we can take an extra second to bust this down. That's fucking stupid. It's for the interim title when Conor McGregor isn't even fighting his own division. I got a... I hate Josie Aldo, and I think he's Brazilian. I think he's a scumbag, and I hate him. So I'm going to go with the other guy, Frankie Edgar. Joe, who who do you got? I'll go with Frankie Edgar. I like Edgar. I saw him beat BJ Penn with you. Uh, we were in college at the time, but yeah, that was a great I like fight. Frankie Edgar. That was a good fight, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Edgar just because of that. I'm with Edgar as well. Got to go with an Edgar. Any other title fights? Uh, I still got to do my pick, dude. Yeah, I know. I mean, I no, love Frankie Edgar, Edgar but. Jose Aldo's already beat him once. I think it's one of those things where I hate Edgar. I love Edgar, man. This is redemption. Edgar's like me if I was in shape. I don't know about that. That's a little far, Tony. (laughs) Let's get the siren going. He's my height. But uh, he's just a tough dude. Tony, pay the bills real quick and let's get the fuck on. All right. So uh, yeah, thanks. And Riley, thanks for being here. I love you. Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, just going to say, Riley, thanks for being here. Also, I mean, everybody, we're recording this on July 2nd, so this is our 4th of July episode. So freedom the fuck on, motherfuckers. I love you, America. <laughs> America. America, you're my bitch lover. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Shrek. You need to stop right now. But so anyway, find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash revolutionary sports front, twitter.com slash RSF podcast. You can follow us there. RevolutionarySportsFront.com is website. The show's available for download and subscription on iTunes and Stitcher. It's free. Get it. That way you'll get the newest episodes downloaded right to your smartphone. If you like the show, share it with your friends. If you want to let us know how we're doing, leave us a review on iTunes. Send us an email at RevolutionarySportsFront at gmail.com. Leave us a comment on our website. Or just leave us a comment on our Facebook page. And we're out of here. Thanks for being a part of the sports revolution. Adios, amigos!